What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. Live from the bunker in the heart of the Ozarks, it's Aaron, it's Danae, it's Captain Logan, it's the critic, the geek, and the girl, it's Sift Pop, it's Shoe the Doe, right now. <laughs> <laughs> It's everything. It's everything. It's all the things. It's at the all one the time. things ever. It's uh, a grab bag special. Man, what a day! Oh, this man. has already been. Thanks for joining us live. Yeah. Uh, what a day it's already been. Go ahead. Tell tell a little bit about kind of like the previous little bit of our day before we introduce Captain here. Well, we did our live radio show this morning, and so we were on air this morning. As soon as we finished up on air. We immediately were visited by our first ever artists coming to the studio How to fun. be interviewed. As the band Carrollton came by. Oh, my goodness. And they are amazing. Carrollton are amazing. If you've never had an opportunity to hear Carrollton, please go listen to them. I, I know they're on Spotify. If you have Spotify and you just want to kind of like listen to a little bit of clip, they've got a new album coming out and they sang a song for us. I'm still reeling from listening to that song it was it was powerful we videoed it we'll probably put that up on our aaron and danae youtube i'm guessing we'll put up the song so you can see it there okay um we will also the interview we did we'll put the whole interview which is about an hour long we did with them we'll do an episode for uh well we'll we'll put it up for our bonus for our patreon today the whole thing today (gasps) so that you can hear that interview with them uh if you're a supporter but we'll also put up a portion of it on the show next week, on Tuesday. So we'll edit a portion of it for the show Tuesday uh, that you can hear if if you don't support, so you can hear a little bit of it. Um, 
But man, that was really exciting. But it pushed us right up to the limit going live here. And so we're kind of a flutter. They walked out the door. We turned around and we're multitasking like superheroes. Well, because so. we had to set up like all our lapel mics. We have three lapel mics we had to set up for them. And so we're trying to get everything, you know, switch back. So I would be happy in the comments if you just let us know that you can actually hear us. That would <laughs> that would that would make me oh, happy. That's a really good point. <laughs> there is a chance that nobody can hear us right now. That would be terrible. So, yes, if somebody could just comment. Uh... <laughs> the BDG says no, he can't hear us. <laughs> okay, good. Thank you. Good to know. Thank you. All right. Well, we are excited <laughs> to once again introduce the OG geek, uh, the original gangsta. Uh, this is Captain Logan. Thanks for joining us today, Cap. Cap. Direct from Geek Evolution headquarters, it's Captain Logan. <laughs> I was like, oh no, what happened to our technical stuff now? There he is, Captain Logan. <laughs> so we're going to be talking Pixels, the latest Adam Sandler movie that just came out. We'll also be talking our favorite classic video games, and then we'll be doing a piece of buried treasure uh, at the end. Also, we'll be doing spoilers for Pixel uh, Pixels after the show, which we will... Um, release on the Sift Pop podcast feed. So if you subscribe to Sift Pop, you'll be able to hear the spoiler talk that comes after the show. And thanks to our Patreon supporters for making all of this possible. And I'm excited to dive into this uh, movie for today's podcast. We went to go see it last night. So I had, uh, thankfully, I did not have pixel dreams. (laughs) I was a little worried about that. (laughs) All right, I'm going to play a little bit of a clip and then we'll talk. Okay. Let's hit it. Pac-Man's always been faster than the ghost. We're gonna have to outmaneuver. We got him! He's got nowhere to go! Oh, God, no! Brenner, get out! He's going to eat you! So, our heroes in this movie have to play real-life video games against aliens who are apparently interpreting our classic arcade games to attack us with. So, and there's a whole backstory we don't necessarily need to get into here. Maybe we can do that on the spoilers. But you listen to that clip and you kind of hear the sense, right? They are playing real life Pac-Man. So our heroes are in cars that are the ghosts. There's a pixelized Pac-Man in the streets of New York and they are trying to capture him. And that's kind of how the movie goes for a lot of it. Right off the bat, I would say that the portions of this movie that are video game centric where you've got these, uh, you know, this we're being attacked by video game characters Mm -hmm. and they're having to save the world by playing the video games that was pretty much the standout part there's two standout parts to this film for me and one of them was definitely the nostalgic element of watching these video games come to life oh i'm sure let's talk generalities first cap what did you think generally of this movie did you have a good time no uh generally it was so far the biggest disappointment for me of the year Ooh, disappointment. So not only did you not like it, but you were expecting to have a good time at it? Oh, yeah. It was one of the movies I was most looking forward to this year. Oh, that's a bummer. So tell me, tell me a little bit. Let's go a little bit deeper into that. So what were you, like, why were you so excited about it? Just because of the, the nostalgia factor? Yeah, and it's one of those things where the nostalgia factor is there, and uh, I was surprised by the sheer number of licenses that they were able to get and stuff, and like a lot of the references were super fun and super cool, but bottom line for me is they advertised a family movie, and that's not what they made. Uh, yeah, and, and I talked a little bit about that in my uh, radio review, where I talk a little bit about more about you know whether or not you should take your kids, those kind of things. Um, Adam Sandler, he just he has a really 
his sense of humor is is kind of lewd and yeah uh, well duh <laughs> yeah but but to be honest this is a way less lewd movie than i'm used to seeing from adam sandler well that could be true it's, so compared if you're comparing adam sandler movies to this movie even though there are undertones and there are like you know throwovers to you know sexual innuendos and things like that well let's just let's just put it out there i mean there's a, there's a lot of threesome talk <laughs> it's like it's not just you know i mean it's it's pretty do you say a lot it's throughout the movie okay i mean i guess it's one reference throughout the movie maybe <sighs> I should have saved that for the spoilers <laughs> perhaps perhaps although it wouldn't be surprising to anybody who's seen an adam sandler movie so was it more than just the disappointment of you know like did you end up taking your kids no luckily i didn't uh, almost did and then something happened and i wasn't wasn't able to bring my wife and in, 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 uh, jason and i'm glad i didn't because i i'm i'm i know my wife wouldn't have liked a lot of things about this movie <laughs> and uh, i i just i just don't think that it's appropriate for my kid and i feel like what they what they advertised uh was something that would be uh, the is right that it's tame in comparison to some of adam sandler's other movies but uh he's done you know family things before uh that are more okay for kids than this um i think click probably is but then uh you know i i i just i don't know i just i just i just feel like uh, what, what i what i saw in the trailers they were trying they were trying to make a big deal out of don't worry it's not an adam sandler movie and then it totally was <laughs> interesting i when we go into the spoilers part and again you can um if you want to listen to our spoiler segment you can grab that in a sift pop feed in itunes or stitcher I'm looking forward to kind of going into specifically what bothered you as a parent, you know, like to really kind of dig out those parts that were offensive um, and talk about that. So cool. What do you think generally, Danae? It was awful. <laughs> it was awful in a way that I was like, I really, I don't know. I saw your tweet, which was amazing, by the way. Oh, thanks. That it turned your brain into pixels. And Yeah. And I wanted to hit the reset button. <laughs> And hopefully my brain cells came back. It was such a waste of time for me. And there were parts of it that I was like, oh, am I starting to have a good time? And then no, no, I never really ramped into it. I wanted to have a good time. Like I felt myself trying to kind of like, okay, maybe I'm starting to buy into it. Maybe I'm starting to get into it now. And then uh, very disappointed. But I mean, this is just a like, I think Aaron, you said it was lowbrow. I mean, this is just, there is no plot. There is like, I mean, well, there technically is a, plot, is a plot, but it's just so lazy. It's so it's a lazy, yeah. lazy plot, and so yeah, I didn't, I did not have a good time. I described it on the radio this morning as ridiculous, and I think that's the best thing I can come back to is it's just a ridiculous movie. I line up with you guys as well. I didn't didn't enjoy it. Um, it's just Adam Sandler doing that thing that I just think is played out. That that type of comedy just doesn't feel real or interesting to me anymore. And I don't just mean like the lowbrow aspect of it. I just mean the just the simplicity of it. There's nothing smart about it. And and so the only laughs I had, and maybe we can kind of go more into specific things we like since it sounds like we didn't like it overall. Maybe we can all pull something we did like. I liked Josh Gad. I thought he was funny. Like the parts I found myself getting into were his parts. And I th- I think, you know, the only times I laughed, which maybe happened three times, were things that he did or things that he said or or something like that. Captain, what did, did you laugh? I laughed at a lot of references and things. Uh, but but for you know, as we were saying, for every time I, I laughed, there was another place where I wanted to like Captain Picard facepalm. <laughs> and but like but yeah, I mean, I like 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 
so the first 10 minutes, I thought I was in for exactly what I was hoping for. Because I thought that the the, uh, you know, you know, the opening flashback stuff I thought was great. And I thought that the movie wasn't playing fair with its audience because it uh, it suddenly turns into a different movie. And I think that if you're going to be a somewhat looter kind of thing, you've got to put more loot stuff at the beginning so that you're you're playing fair with your, your audience and letting them know what they're getting themselves into. And uh, it, it was exactly the movie that I was excited to see. And then all of a sudden, you know, it turned it turned into something else. Uh, but no, I, like I said, a lot of the, a lot of the references I thought I thought were funny. Um, I I, uh, I did not laugh one time. Wow. Really? OK. Yeah, but but I think you appreciated in, in in correct me if I'm wrong. Obviously, you appreciated the references for what they were. It's just that wasn't a laugh response to you. Like you, that nostalgia was probably there. I I was I was pa- Captain Picard face palming through the whole thing. I rolled my <laughs> eyes so many times in yes. this movie. I I mean, it was utterly ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. I I wanted to laugh. I did. I did crack a smile a few times, but it was like, and I was. I was really trying, you guys, because I know, like, you know, I don't like going to movies anyway. <laughs> okay, can, can I give you a can I give you a specific thing? Because honestly, I'm having a difficult time remembering things I liked because I was so surprised by how much I didn't like it. So things are suddenly coming to me. Brian Cox cracked me up. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Brian Cox is he played the military, the head military guy. Um. Wow. And part of that's because I'm a huge Brian Cox fan, but like some of this, and I mean, he was entirely inconsistent. But every now and again, he would say a thing, and 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 I and I would and I would crack. Since up. we're in performances, what did you guys think of Peter Dinklage? Okay, so that is the part that I would say. There's a couple things I enjoyed. One of them was you know the CG and kind of like the movie really shown in a couple places with just some fun CG and you know that kind of thing. And the other one was it, that it looks good. Yeah, it did. It looked good. The other the other things that I was like, I think I'm starting to enjoy myself were some of the performances because there are some really great actors and actresses kind of like in here that I've seen in other things I enjoy. But here it was almost like <laughs> I don't know how to it kind of reminded me of, oh, what is the guy's name from? Oh, my goodness. I'm going to have a brain freeze. <laughs> it's OK. Are you, a, ta- are you talking about Dinklage? Yeah, Dinklage and well, any of them. Okay, even Kevin James, even Kevin. Well, not as much Kevin, but all of them. They all kind of had a moment when mm-hmm. they sort of started to rise to the surface a little bit and have like a fun run, like a good comedy moment. But it still sort of was falling short for me. But I actually enjoyed watching watching uh, Peter Dinklage. I did. I I thought his performance was good in a performance aspect. Like yeah, he, he was a great. He's obviously a great actor. Like you could tell oh, he was yeah. really embodying this over the top comedy thing, and it was definitely a specific type of performance. But it just didn't work for me overall. Jupiter Ascending. Uh huh. In that movie, there's the one brother that talks with like a real whisper. <laughs> yes, yes. And he's like so into his character, and everybody else is just kind of like meh. That's sort of how I felt about Peter Dinklage, and even maybe a little bit of Josh, but Josh was had a better, like, just goofy performance. Right, Pe- Peter did. was like more serious. Yeah, yeah, the Dinklage so. performance felt a little, a little bit over the top for me. What did you think, Cap? 
Well, first of all, Danae, I'm still trying to suppress Jupiter Ascending, so don't, <laughs> don't, bring, don't bring that movie out, man. It's just, You're just still trying to wipe it uh, from your memory it's forever. Like, it's, it's like awkward moments from childhood. I'm just trying to get it out of my mind. <laughs> yeah, I understand. Um, what were we talking about, Dinklage? So it was bizarre uh, re-watching X-Men Days of Future Past and then immediately going to see this. Yeah. Because <laughs> I did that yesterday afternoon, and then I immediately went to Pixels. Wow. It, you know, I think it emphasizes, though, that he does play different characters. Oh, you he's know? great. He's so versatile. Yeah, he's, he's dynamic. Fantastic. Yeah. Um, they, they blew my mind with the with the 1982 stuff. But I just don't get uh, the, the but, but, but I mean, just the, the script is just bad. <laughs> just, just, just and, and I get that they're basing him off of a real life. Uh, video game player who was that full of himself and acted like that. But overall, none of these characters are likable. Hmm, that's a good point. I'm trying yeah. to think who I like. Nobody's like, I guess, like, Kevin James is sort of likable, but then I don't even he's buy so that whole thing. The whole thing, is, the whole plot is so, I mean, obviously it's unrealistic. That's just a well, yeah, given. And, and that's fine if we're consistent about it, right? Like, like it's not the absurd farce that it should be to do some of the stuff it's trying to get away with, especially, and we probably can't get too far into this, but especially uh, when you get into some of the physically impossible stuff that they make major plot points. Like I said, not playing fair with the audience. Like, is this a world with regular physics and then aliens attack it? Or is it already a heightened universe? I don't know. Right. Well, in this universe, uh, James can be president. So <laughs> anything's possible. Anything is possible. <laughs> yes, but that doesn't change the laws of physics. Maybe it I don't does. Know. Maybe it does. I don't know. If Maybe Kevin James can be president, I think everything's up for grabs. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I I totally agree. Um but can I ask a question though? Maybe, yeah. we, maybe we don't know this. Like, what was the budget for this for this movie? It was. It was. Uh, it wasn't big. It was like ninety million. See, to me, what I think that they should have done was feed homeless and needing people around the world, <laughs> other than make this movie. Yeah, and what's really that sad can be said about that, any movie, though? To be fair, that, I know but, that's true. But Danae, what's sad about that is there is no reason that yeah, ninety million. I'm, I'm seeing. Um, but there's there's no reason that this shouldn't have been really fun and clever. You know, I mean, like it's it's a, it's a thing I wanted to be good. I mean, just because you base a movie on a four minute short doesn't mean that you can't get mileage beyond the four minutes. You know, I mean, like there is potentially a cool movie here. All you oh, really yeah. have to do is um, be a little bit smarter about it. I mean, like, really, there is no reason not to just give every man, woman and child one of those light guns. <laughs> right. Like, seriously, like, there's no reason that these four people are the only ones that can save us. I mean, if we were a little smarter than that and then built some mythology for the aliens, I mean, these are the most generic aliens in the world. Besides the fact it's that true. they look like games I played when I was a kid, yeah. these are the most generic aliens in the universe. I mean, you have bizarre inconsistencies where we're just being super. I mean, today, this is as lazy of a script as Minions was. Oh, it's it, that yeah. lazy. And I would maybe, say that maybe sort of more so. Yeah, and I agree. Like, I'm like, you know, you, you look at the different video games that they bring down. How come Pac-Man's the only one where the, the alien is sudden the aliens are suddenly the good guy? Doesn't make any sense. And then why is it that the that that, that now our good guys are the only people that can play that game it, but, but it's just now their ghost has nothing to do with patterns and they're driving cars. Just get NASCAR drivers. <laughs> 
I know, and I I can't wait. There's there's some things I really want to talk about in that, but I I do feel like maybe they're more for the well, spoiler I don't, I don't part. Spoil but too much, but that's all in the trailer, and it didn't yeah. make any sense then, and it doesn't make any sense now. I think basically, so, if you decide that you're going to go to this movie, it's because you're at this point genuinely curious about it, and that's okay. Yeah, like, yeah. and you might enjoy some. In fact, Aaron, I think you actually heard a couple guys talking about the movie. When I walked out, the two guys behind me were like, "Dude, that was the best movie I've ever seen." And I was, I, was like, I am afraid for our future as a society. <laughs> if that's something that they actually were saying and not being sarcastic. No, you know what? Th- that is something worth talking about, though, because with what we do when we talk about movies and and we look, you know, with a critical eye at them, um, I think it's important and it's valuable to think about these things. But at the same time, I don't want anybody to ever feel bad about liking something. You know what I mean? Like. If you go and have a good time, if you're able to enjoy something, I say bravo. You know, go have a good time. I hope you did. You you spent your hard-earned money and your time off of work to see a thing. Well, you know, we're talking about... So they had this... They had a budget for it. I mean, it's obvious there's action sequences in this, you know, but they they do try to pack in a lot. They try to pack in a love story. They try to pack in, you know... uh, uh, you know, relationship stories on these different dynamic levels and friendship yeah, stories. Yeah, but they're just lazily checking they're boxes. So, yeah. They're oh, not, they're yeah. not being creative in any way. It, yeah, it's very much like, okay, what We're do we need? We're filling time because we, we don't have the money to put that on screen the entire We spent movie. our entire budget on making the pixels look good. Yeah. You know? Like, Which, by the way, can I say they do? They look great. I think yeah. it looks great. Yeah, it looks really, really good. Um, And it's the most action I think I can remember seeing in an Adam Sandler movie. I do have to say real quick, before I forget, I had no idea what this movie was about or who was in it until I saw his name at the opening credits. How did that feel? You went completely, completely blank into blank. this. Yeah, it was it was interesting. I was kind of excited because I did not know what to expect. It just says pixels. So I'm thinking this could be just about anything. And I remember there being a picture of and it's the it's the poster of the Pac-Man, you know, in the city. And so I had but I didn't. You know, that could mean anything. So when I saw Adam Sandler, I was like, what? <laughs> and then I was and then as we started, you know, you talked about the very beginning kind of um, uh, it being like a backstory type thing. See, I thought that that could be part of the story itself. So I didn't realize we were going to be skipping forward in time. And suddenly, you know, these two young boys were watching in the 80s playing arcade games. We're going to become Adam Sandler and James and this other cast of characters. So. I also was a little disappointed that we didn't spend more time in the 80s, but this, but we moved so quickly through that. It was just checking boxes is a perfect way to describe it. You Can know? I just say one one thing and then let you continue? I thought those kid actors were perfectly cast. Yeah, they yeah. were great. That is something Sandler seems to do well is cast younger versions of himself and his fellow actors. <laughs> like that, I like the Dinklage. Like was oh, that yeah. was that like CG Dinklage? Like it, <laughs> I'm almost positive it was. That's why I said they they, no. they really got me with that. Although I. Okay, there's you say no that, way. I got to I got to look that up and find out. Yeah, look that, that up. There's there's no way because that no, it wasn't. It wasn't. It was someone named uh, Am- Andrew Bambridge. Well, he's doing a perfect Peter Dinklage. Uh, right? Oh yeah, they spent time together, Dear mimicking God. each other. And that, I feel like I've seen him in something too. Now that I'm thinking about it. But anyway, wow, that's fascinating. Although he doesn't have a a, a wiki page, so you know, I I'm trying to figure out who I would say could enjoy this movie. Um, but I, I really think it's just hardcore Adam Sandler fans. People just, who like these kind of, and I don't want to say raunchy comedies, but people who are fans of raunchy comedies, this is for them. And and my whole thing is, and, and I should say, it's not bad because they went in an adult direction with it. I'm one of the only people on the planet who loved the Angry Video Game Nerd movie. I mean, I think it's brilliant. And 
I, like like you can make a thing like this for those of us that grew up with this stuff, and then you you do some some kind of more more crude uh, like 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 silly vulgar stuff, but they're not consistent with it. And there's two like like the stuff I laughed at was the wholesome stuff, and I wanted the whole movie to be like that. You know, it's a, when you said the stuff I laughed at, I was aware of where the audience was laughing. You know, because yeah. I wasn't laughing, and so I was very curious to kind of see, oh, how are other people responding? And the parts, at least in the theater that I was in, that got the most laughs were the angry screaming rants from the various characters on the screen. <laughs> Josh Gad especially. Josh Gad, he had a couple really fun rants in there. Where he'd like turn it on a dime and, you know, go into... He was fun to watch. Yeah. That he... I don't, but I don't understand that kind of insult comedy. I don't like, either. You have, to, you have to dumb everybody in the scene down so that they don't respond to a thing that anyone would naturally respond to just to get through a speech. There's one particular Ryan? part uh, that Josh does. There's one particular part where he turns and he starts yelling at a group of people and when that happened i thought i think i just saw the highlight of the entire movie and i'm still a little bit disappointed in it <laughs> so and i think i think that's true i think i still feel that way so here's here's another thing i'm gonna transition us just a little bit here not only is the script lazy in the sense that they don't connect dots well they aren't creative with it those kind of things but it's not like we haven't seen this plot before either i mean this is this not the basic plot of the last starfighter is it not well and then after that did they not rip off ghostbusters everywhere yeah and, and it felt like and there were elements of wreck it ralph in there there were elements of um well that's the thing is that you can't ride completely on nostalgia because we've already done this a few times and we've done it better right. i mean once you've had wreck it ralph you've got to step it up a little bit I, I i truly wondered because i had so much time in my brain to think because this required me not to think at all <laughs> I was Probably like, I, are they all sitting around a table, you know, Adam and his creative crew and going, I want to have a movie with these people in it, you know, James and Josh and Peter. And yeah. I want to I want to do something fun. I love to do something tied in with video games. And then it just became a OK, well, we know what it takes to do a movie. So let's just check off all the boxes and make it, you know, like it just seems like this movie was made because these actors wanted to be in a movie like this. Not because somebody made a great plot and a great film and then they went and looked for the people to like pull it off. It was like they all just got together and they were hanging out at a barbecue and decided to make a movie someday. And this is it. Well, that's a, I mean, it looks like that's about what happened. Today. It's as simple as, as Adam Sandler saw a short on YouTube he liked. He bought the rights to it. And then he said, let's make let's make this movie, which which in, in, in principle is not a bad idea. I still say that, you know, there, there's a there's a there's a really good like like lampooning of Independence Day in here somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, there could be. <laughs> well, I think it's like it's fun because this movie does have potential. It does check off some boxes. You do have moments where you're connecting on some kind of a level, but it's also superficial that this one just kind of left me wishing there was something that I would take away from this. But this is just going to leave my memory pretty quick, I think. Aaron, biggest, I, I got to say this real quick, biggest quagmire for me, how did they get Chris Columbus? Yeah, I wanted to mention that. I wanted to to bring up uh, the fact that Chris Columbus directed it because, I mean, he's done some really good stuff. Well, he directed Home Alone and he directed... Who is this? Um, this was a director? Yeah, he directed Home Alone. Yeah, he directed... And what's the that? The first year Potter film. 
Yeah, he directed a couple Harry Potters. I guess the first two Harry Potter films. Yeah, and and that's the thing is that there's a lot of like like Brandon and I were watching this thing, and uh, every now and again Brandon would look at me and he go and he would go, "That shot is too artistic for this movie," and I'm like, "Yeah, I mean, you had a re- you have a really competently directed movie out of a horrid script that I could rewrite better in an afternoon." <laughs> Did you guys? Um, there's a major action sequence towards the end of this, and. Again, this is the kind of film where I ha- I'm looking around, I'm peeling apart different layers. Did you notice how they had their uh, scene set up for like when they're in the streets, kind of that very last sort of action? Um, it was really interesting because they'd have like a car, but they'd have like half of a car in the street. And then they'd have yeah. all these white blocks like up against it. And then they'd have these um, street looking blocks in the middle you know, to kind of give the uh, actors and actresses a feel of what this environment's looking like as our world is being pixelated by, you know, these alien creatures. It was really interesting because you could see it. They didn't cover it up with CG, with more of the shiny cubes that we saw at the very beginning. It was just straight, raw, white I didn't blocks. notice that. No, I, I didn't, didn't notice that. that either. That's interesting. I don't know why you'd leave that in the movie. I don't either. And I didn't know if it was because we had this feel like maybe after a while they just sort of like turn into solid colors. I don't know, because in this in this film, when uh, when we're attacked, the environment becomes pixelated. So if, if one of these creatures kind of like eats through a wall, the broken parts around the wall look like little pixels and they kind of shine and shimmer. And it looks really I mean, again, the CG of this is really fun to watch. Um, it it kind of has a center stage. But interestingly left, in, interestingly enough, Adam Sandler is not the central character the whole time either. Like, he shares the screen a lot with his fellow compadres, and thankfully so, because there's some, you know, like we said, there's a couple performances that start to shine. Yeah. But again, I didn't buy any of those relationships. I wasn't invested in any of those relationships. No. The romantic relationship, the friendship relationships. The father-son relationships. Maybe slightly Sandler and James. Maybe just slightly that relationship. Yeah, that was rough. Clicked, but not, but not anything that I cared okay, about. Really, I think I've got the most genuine one: the little boy and Cubert. <laughs> they had a good talk. They had a good relationship. Spoiler alert! I want to talk more about that. Yes, in the spoilers, because there's some stuff that really bothered me about that whole section of the movie. I'm sure. All right, time for one final thing uh, about Pixel. Something you didn't get a chance to say, but you really want to say about the movie before we head to the next segment. Um, Danae. Um, I'm going to pass off to Captain Logan. I'm still thinking. All right, Cap, you got one final thing to say about Pixels? Uh, see, the thing I want to say, I'm trying to decide if I should say for spoilers. I think I'm going to say the thing I was going to say for spoilers <laughs> and and just say that uh, my, my big thing, and I, and I don't mean to harp on this, and like I said, this is not the reason the movie is, is, is not good, but man, my kid was so excited about this movie, and I'm not going to get to show it to him. Oh, that does stink. Oh, man, that's like you can't give a kid a Christmas present. That's hard. <laughs> And I saw people bring their kids to it, and I got I got 15 minutes in and went, wow, this I don't know, I don't, I don't think I'd take my kids to this movie. Boy, I can't wait to get into specifics too, because I think I think it offended you even more than it did me. I'm I'm trying to remember, um, remember those. But what about you, Danae? What's one more thing for you? Uh, one more thing for me. Ooh, now I was prompted in the comments to not say it was terrible. <laughs> Something other than it's terrible, which okay, <laughs> is basically what right. we said. Um, I can't wait to review a good movie with Danae. I can't remember the last time that happened. Uh, Danae, what was the last good movie I talked about with you? Oh my goodness. 
I couldn't even tell you. I'd have to think about that because I'm not. Yeah, right? It's been a while. <laughs> I'm. I, I, maybe it's because I'm just so negative about movies. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, Honestly, today I don't even know why we do this with you. You don't even like movies. <laughs> she um, loved Ant Man. You guys should have an Ant Man conversation. Oh man, Ant Man, oh, Ant Man. I wish I'd been here for that because that, see that would have been fun to talk about. We'll we'll do a little bonus extras when we're talking about. We'll do spoilers and a little bonus extra conversation about Ant Man because I can't wait okay. to talk to you about that. Um, oh, I I really am having a hard time. I, I'm really having a difficult my, time. My final thing. My one final thing is just to say. I really believe somewhere deep inside him, Adam Sandler actually is a decent content creator. Like, he can make fun stuff. I know he's done it. I just think he, it's easier to do the cash cows. It's easier easier to do this kind of thing, make some money, and then go to the next this kind of thing. But, I, you know, it's just, it's you get sad after a point. You know, I feel like I harp on him every single movie. And I don't know if it's because I expect more like out of him and if I should just drop that or if it's just, you know, that it's just not my kind of thing. But Aaron, I just thought of something. Yeah. Um, maybe, maybe this is an insane thing to say, but uh, and of course, this is always the person that, that you compare him to. But when you go back and you look at something like Elf and then you look at something like Stranger Than Fiction, I think Will Ferrell would have done this better. Oh, yeah, for sure. I think you give this to Farrell and he would have and he would have made it the he would have made the movie I thought I was going to. Oh, if we're gonna recast it, yeah, I think there's some some people Let's that could play that game. I think there's <laughs> definitely some people that could have could have had a lot more fun with it. I, I don't know because there wasn't a lot going on with the dialogue. I mean there wasn't a lot there. It, there was so, that's a fair point. There that's was a so fair many point. Ass- we can blame the writers more than we can blame Sandler. I mean, that's a good point. But then, because you when you're talking about blaming Sandler or getting upset, it's like I don't know how much he had control over some of this. Like, and, and it wasn't just that their lines were bad; it was that they were moving and clipping through this story so fast. There was no real time to sit into these relationship building moments. It was entirely unrealistic. From the- See, my problem with it was that we spent too much time on them. Um, <laughs> yeah. Like, well, I just wanted to, I felt like that was all padding. I felt like I was watching a Transformers movie. It's the same problem, right? You spend yeah. too much time on something that's not working. If it's working, then you're not spending right. too much time on it. But it's not working, so you are. Just be a silly fa- farce and don't pretend like you have a story. Right? Right? It's the same thing as with Minions. Just just do just do the jokes. I would just love, do the action. I would love get, to know if anyone decides to go and see this movie i would love to know those thoughts because this is kind of like one of those where it's so bad you probably should go see it and then we can talk about it like it's this is going to be in my mind one of the worst movies that i've seen (laughs) and those are sometimes fun to sit down and just like pick apart with people i want to do a riff track on this one yeah like this is the kind of movie that you want to sit with friends and you just riff on it the whole time you know, I'm sitting there and I'm trying to be critical, you know, trying to put on, you know, artistic eyes and accept this movie for what it is and think about what I'm going to say on the show and all this stuff. But really, I just wanted to rip it apart the whole time. Like, that would have been fun. <laughs> if I'm on that with you, Danae, by the third act, I'm just going to I'm just going to cry. I'm going to break down. <laughs> and cry. Comment says the old you've got to try this. It's the worst. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hey, this, this milk your- smells bad. Would you taste it? Data in Star Trek Generations. I hate this. Would you like some more? Please. Exactly. Another comment says, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. 
I'm wondering if that's true for this one. <laughs> this could be one of those I'm like so much stronger now badge of honor movies for me. That's like right. I survived pixels. <laughs> if that's the case, can I just not have to pay to see movies? <laughs> oh man. Anyway. Uh, um, yeah. So overall, I think we'd say this is this is a this is not one you need to well, see. Aaron, in your official movie reviews, what what letter did you give it? I give it a C minus. Huh. Yep. That makes me afraid for what you what what I'm else telling is out you, there. I see everything, and there are movies worse. Yeah. And there are a lot of movies I see that are worse than this. C minus though. Yeah. yeah. Aaron, okay. Aaron has to have a really interesting set of standards. <laughs> That's true. Captain, I wh- thought about D plus, but I think C minus is right. There, I mean, yeah. if you can, if you are the type of person that can really turn your brain off and just watch a movie, just watch the nostalgia yeah. and the effects and laugh a couple times and not just, care at all if any of it makes sense. Right? Yeah, and it's a C minus. So yeah, that's okay. where I landed. So what you're saying is like, take some medication and watch this movie. <laughs> <laughs> no, that is not what I, okay. I'm not endorsing. Okay. Okay. Self medication, uh, not at all. Have grandmother drive you, drop you off. Yeah. <laughs> have a dental appointment, <laughs> then go see this movie. You'll have a blast. All right. Well, let's move on to the second segment. And I was inspired by thinking about all these old arcade games and wondered if we could talk a little bit about our favorite classic, whether it be arcade or even some of the early console games that we loved and kind of had that nostalgia for, whether they were mentioned in this or or not. So what are some of your favorite old school gaming experiences? We'll start with you, Cap. Well, uh, I'll give you an arcade one and then and then I can do some, some early console stuff. Um, I'm a big Galaga guy. Uh, my dad used to roll Galaga machines. He was a master Galaga player and he brought me up on Galaga and I, I don't play nearly as well as him, but it's one of my favorite things. What does uh, in roll fact- a Galaga machine mean? Uh, so old arcade machines, um, you would get to if you got to a certain score, uh, the 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 machine uh, would would just start over. So like you'd, there'd be like a top score it could hit, and then it would and then it would just go roll back to zero. It didn't have enough and, pixels uh, to get the next number in the line. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah, and like the whole game would, would would well. In fact, I don't even think the game would reset. I think it would just it would it would it would keep it would keep going because it was it was set up to where it would like. It would like keep getting harder regardless. Like it was kind of unlimited levels, and if memory serves, and then, but yeah, it would it would roll the the uh, the, the the number of points, and uh, so yeah, that's uh, that's, that's awesome. That's one, my, that's one of my big ones. He yeah. would have uh, been the hero of this movie. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But see, that's the problem is that if you know, you know, you know, there are a lot of people like me who had dads that were great at, at Galaga and other things, and all we had to do was call all those guys up and give them light guns. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, that's my big one for arcade. And then um, when when you when you go to um, when you go to NES and and uh, and, and like uh, and like even Super Nintendo and, and, and that kind of stuff, um, I was a huge Donkey Kong Country guy. And um, and Mario World is my favorite Mario game. What about you, Aaron? Uh, man, Donkey Kong Country, that was fun stuff. Um, yeah, that just sent me back. Uh, Arcade-wise, I didn't really get to arcades much, uh, but when I did, I loved the classics. I loved Pac-Man. Asteroids was always fun for me. I played an early computer game on a Texas Instruments personal computer um, because one of my uncles or uh, my grandpa or somebody worked in, like, a computing place, and so we had access to this early TI-something computer, and there was a game on there called Parsec. P-A-R-S-E-C. And it was just this ship that flew horizontally 
through this you know atmosphere and you just shot things or whatever and i would come home and play that you know till my fingers got raw so that was that was absolutely one of my favorites and i don't know that anybody else has even heard of that game but it was it was fun my first video game i ever saw was my neighbors had a nintendo and excite bike was the oh yeah excite bike was my favorite thing to look at and then play try to figure out like you know you hit the little oil spot and man i just i remember trying so hard to go back over to his house be like mom please let me go over there and play and i only got over there a few times but that was like this huge pull for me and then the first arcade game that i went to was i think it was one of those where you sit down and you put your you're like you're sitting down you're looking over the top of the screen and i think it was centipede Okay, but I, I can't remember. Centipede is a roller game, right? Isn't like, there a, a roller, roller ball? on on Centipede? Yeah, there's like a roller ball in in the little panel. So let's let's talk about this. I don't know that it's spoiler. Let's just talk about this right now. But how in the world does playing these games with a roller ball or finger dexterity relate to using a light gun? Like, why would that? <laughs> all of a sudden, you have. Aaron, we're gun done training? talking about the movie. We're done talking about the movie for now. <laughs> we well, Aaron, will rip it to pieces idea, later. The idea was supposed to be. If those soldiers don't know the pattern, then they can't break up the centipedes. But that all breaks down. Yeah, it's terrible. The Pac-Man, it didn't make any sense. <laughs> well, the reason they had to have light guns was because they did an analysis on the small pixel and they realized that light would would destroy the pixel. I don't even know how that works. It, it, this whole that whole movie falls completely apart. The BDG says he had parsec. What? I have a friend. Aw. So that's kind of cool. cool. That is kind of cool. I also loved. Um, uh, what was the one that came with the original Atari Combat? I used to sit and play Combat. Did you guys have Atari 2600s? You know, I didn't. I started with NES. Um, I mean, I, I had one later on retroactively, but I didn't grow up with one. Oh, and Missile Command. I did not have a gaming system and until... Kaboom. My first gaming system I think my parents bought for my brother and I was a Genesis. Wow. No, I mean, Kaboom I played. We didn't even have a Nintendo. We went to Genesis. You kids. You missed the whole Atari <laughs> thing. Yeah. <gasps> There was this game called Kaboom. Atari had a, a spin paddle. Was yeah. one of their controllers. Yeah, that's that's how I played Pong. Okay. Yes. Yeah. That's what you would play Pong and break out those kind of things with. And there was a game called Kaboom, and you had three buckets that were ascending, you know, vertically. And there was like some sort of robber or somebody who escaped from jail at the top of the screen that would drop bombs across the screen, and you had to twirl and catch these bombs in these buckets. And every time you missed a bomb, you'd lose a bucket. I used to play that thing. Ugh. Man, all the time. And now it's Clash of Clans, friends. <laughs> now we're Clash of Claning. <laughs> Aaron, what blows my mind are is that like I, I work with folks on my channel now that are a lot younger than I am, and like their first system is like Nintendo sixty four or PlayStation. Oh, that's not I okay. I just can't get my mind around that. They're they're like, what is the big deal about this pixel? <laughs> <laughs> Pixels are never that big and grainy. What are you talking my, about? My first, my first video game system was the Xbox 360. Yeah, and, and you know, I wish the movie had actually done some things with this, but I, but I, but I will say, I did kind of dig that bit where Adam Sandler was like, you know, how people used to leave their house and socialize. <laughs> yeah, that was good. That was good. We went to an arcade where your friends were, and there were girls there, and we did something called socialize. Those are the most antisocial outcast people, but at least, they, but even they went out and talked to people. Mostly to say, "Hey, can I have a turn?" 
My, my quarter is next. That was your in. It's my turn. All right. Um, any other thoughts on uh, arcade games, those kind of things? I got nothing. All right. Let's do our buried treasure then. What's the one thing that you want to make sure people knows exists in pop culture? And I'm going to start this time. Okay. Um, I have actually one I wanted to mention just briefly, which is if you, and this comes from kind of the topic in the movie, that kind of thing. If you haven't seen the documentary King of Kong, you have to find it and see it. It is brilliant. It is amazing. It's this documentary about the two best Donkey Kong players uh, in their back and forth battle. And what's amazing about it is it all happened as they were doing the documentary. These amazing twists and turns in the story and the competition and all that kind of stuff happened. And I think, is that the, who they're basing the Dinklage character on? I'm not sure. I okay. have to look that up. Okay. But it's called King of Kong, so I wanted to mention mention that one. But the one I saw this week that I wanted to bring up that doesn't have anything to do with the topic is I think it's just called TIG, T-I-G, and it's a documentary about a comedian named Tig Notaro, who actually Danae introduced me to uh, through the podcast, Professor Blastoff. Uh, and it's about her last you know couple years where she, as a comedian, has dealt with uh, cancer. She's dealt with the death in the family uh, of her mom. And then she's uh, dealt with other health issues. C. diff, I think, is is what it's called. Um, and a really interesting relationship. There's some really interesting things about her, and she's a lesbian, and her and her girlfriend, who was straight, but is now her girlfriend. And the way they talk about that and the way they go into that was just some really interesting kind of um, discussion on love and, and, you know, um, humanity and some really interesting things. No matter where you fall on, on, you know, your perspective or your beliefs or any of that kind of stuff, I think it's something you might find interesting. And beyond that, just the human drama of her life, I found absolutely fascinating with the way that, that she dealt with it. And, and of course, she's really funny, too, which, you know, kind of helps move it along. Always helps. Yeah. So that's mine. It's called TIG. And it's uh, just a documentary. I watched that this week. What about you, Cap? Well, uh, as I'm sure some of your listeners know, I'm my, my big niche is uh, superheroes and specifically superhero movies. Last week, the X-Men Days of Future Past Rogue Cut came out. And uh, that's the reason that I happened to be watching that movie just before I went and saw another Peter Dinklage movie. And uh, the Rogue Cut is kind of uh, Singer's director's cut for that movie. And they cut out a lot of, not a lot, but some of the uh, future stuff in that movie. And the Rogue Cut makes it a little bit closer to X4 and uh, X-Men First Class 2 simultaneously. Um, I I always thought that the, as much as I love that movie, the future stuff got a little bit shafted in the theatrical cut. And uh, I won't go too much into the stuff they added, but that was the big thing, um, is they add this, they add back in this this short subplot with Rogue, uh, because she's basically not even in the movie. Uh, in the other cut, in um, and that allows us to actually see the X Mansion in the future, which is really cool. So they do this kind of paralleling thing with the uh, X Mansion in the future and the past, and it's kind of neat because because of what's going on in 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 both respective stories, neither of them is what the X Mansion is supposed to be. So it's kind of neat that we go to the future and do that stuff, and it kind of wraps up some uh, loose ends from X Three a little bit and stuff like that. Um, so I don't know that it's overall. A better cut. I think it's interesting. I think some of the stuff they, they cut, they were right to cut. Um, but I'm glad. I'm glad I saw it. And I'm glad that they released it that way instead of just deleted scenes. 
Very cool. Let me ask you this. I have a question about the X-Men thing as somebody who you know loves the comics and follows so much of it in depth and that kind of stuff. Yeah. The way that Marvel in the Marvel Cinematic Universe is handling the X-Men. They have X-Men in their universe, but they're not called X-Men. They're called... Um, something else and they're just well, they have the inhumans which which aaron are, are not x-men in fact the the inhumans uh are a already a marvel thing um from from way back with uh with black bolt and those guys but the way that they're trying to incorporate them into the uh into the marvel cinematic universe is to replace x-men because they hate that they don't have x-men so they're turning them into x-men but they were never that before oh interesting so that's an existing property that oh, they yeah that they are kind of replacing X-Men with. Because you look at, um, who are the crossover X-Men uh, that that were just in the last uh, Avengers movie? Um, you're, you're, oh, you're talking about uh, Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver. Yes, Quicksilver yeah. and Scarlet Witch are in the X-Men universe, but they're calling them Inhumans now? Um. Well, no, We. I mean, we've got... See, I'm trying to remember... If if they're actually see, I, I think that they're not actually inhumans in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I think they were just experimented on by Hydra and given their powers. Well, because I know in Agents of Shield, they're dealing with a lot of these, you know, powers. yeah, they're dealing with the human stuff. But I don't think I think everybody thought those characters were going to be inhumans, and I I actually don't think they are. I don't think they have anything to do with like the Terrigen Mist or anything. But uh, the idea is with with inhumans is they're similar to mutants and that you're kind of born with it, except. That your powers don't manifest until you uh, hit these this like this like seemingly magical mist thing that manifests it. Ooh, that sounds fun. And that's 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 how that works. But yeah, that's 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 exactly what Marvel's doing. They're trying to kind of turn the Inhumans into the new X Men, and they're doing it. They're doing it to them in the comics now too, because they're trying to. And I find that really irksome and irritating. But they're 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 trying to uh, kind of create some consistent branding across their lines. So past the reboot that they're doing. Uh, they're they're kind of mixing X Men a lot within humans uh, because they don't like f- that Fox has that property. And apparently the deal is whenever whenever they create a new uh, a new X Men character, uh, like like regardless of anything, Fox is instantly able to use that character and put it on screen. So they don't want to create new X Men characters. Oh wow, that's really interesting. So yeah, that whole th- there's a whole thing there. But but anyway, um, I don't know if I answered your question. But. No, no, no. That's that's exactly what I was asking about. I wondered how you felt about that and what you knew about that. And I just I love all the the knowledge you have on that stuff. So I wanted to glean some. Janae, did you find a, did you find some buried treasure? I was just going to say at least at least Fox is doing good things with X Men. I mean, at least if if Marvel can't have it, we got great things going on. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I started watching Alias for the first time ever. Oh. I have Hulu, and so they have the Alias series on there. I decided to click on it and start watching. Um, and one, my experience with Jennifer Garner has not been always positive. And then quite suddenly I'm like, oh, this is great. She's doing a great job. Like, this is really You can kind of see watch. why people fell in love with her. And, yeah, I can yeah. totally understand it now because I've never watched it before. And so um, it's a super, super intense start to a... A series. They really like just start you right in the middle of this intense world, and it's really fun too because you're going back in time and to compare it to how you know series are made today with the different song choices and like background music. Yeah, or even their. Um, it was very techno, if I remember. Well, even the music for like let's say the things are getting intense, you uh-huh. know, and like there's a there's a uh, like a fight scene or 
or maybe she's like going through and she's getting stuff because she's a spy and she's running through this place and she's I'm like it's super intense music. It's something that you would hear out of a movie. It's very built in and it's really really dramatic. So it's really interesting to kind of pull back a little bit and kind of see what they were doing back in the day. I didn't realize until Aaron told me that it was Joss Sweden. No, J.J. Abrams. J.J. Abrams did it, which I didn't realize right? that. Yeah, that was J.J. Abrams. Yeah, that was his first big series. I was going to say, that's yeah. where I fell in love with J.J. So that was fun. I was like, oh, okay. Um, there's, some lost, there's some lost parallels here and there. And I am I was noticing, like, I'm seeing um, actors and actresses that, you know, <laughs> I've seen before. Uh, but here they are, you know, and young, they're younger and. So I'm really enjoying it. I plan on watching the whole thing. I've just been, I haven't binge watched it. Like I have, I'll watch like sometimes two episodes or one episode at a time. To How far are it. you into the Rimbaldi stuff? Oh. Because um, that starts right at the beginning, doesn't it? Pretty, pretty early. Because I think I'm only like six or seven episodes in and we're Man, in the Rimbaldi stuff. I fell in love stuff. with that stuff. I just love the way. She just, she just um, discovered the underground notebook. And her partner was shot while she was out there, and she had to call in for backup from the CIA. So she's uh, and she's under invest like her S such a great show S six S D six Arvin Sloan. They're they're trying to figure out who the mole is, and right. So it's kind of it's got this multiple layers of complexity, and and her dad's a double agent too. Yeah, right? yeah. So anyhow, I'm really enjoying kind of connecting in with that one, and I also would, a young. Um, uh, who's the guy? Uh, Cooper. Yeah, Bradley Cooper. Yeah. Was surprised to see him, too. I was yeah. like, oh, I have seen you since then. Austin in the comments mentions that uh, he thinks the music was done by um, Michael Giacano, Giacchino, however you say his name. Yeah, 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 Giacchino. Who uh, who J.J. Abrams has worked with since then. So like, oh. he's also done the music for Lost. He did. I, I love music. it. He also works with Pixar a lot too. He did the music for I think Up and a couple of the other movies. But there's something. There's the reason that I even noticed it in the first place was I'm like, why is my heart pounding so bad? Because I'm kind of multitasking. You know, mm-hmm. I'm like looking at my phone and like maybe working a little bit, and it's kind of on the background. And then I'm realizing like it's this music. This music is like really making this super intense. So you know. It's good whenever music well, can do that. Gino's become a big deal. He just did Jurassic World. Yeah, so he's, he's, he's the the third biggest movie of all time. Yeah, he is he is uh, he's one of the go to composers. You know, you can name like two or three, and How he's cool. in the top. See, that's another thing I like about watching a series. Um, which this will happen a lot as we talk about movies and and TV because I really didn't get into a lot of the really popular stuff when it came out. So we'll start going into those which is kind of fun to go back and then I'll finally watch a movie that I was supposed to watch however long ago or whatever so it's really cool to go back and watch this you know this show that was really really popular I remember people talking about it all the time and, and that it was it, the first thing for these huge right, people now and have like a newfound respect knowing that you know these guys are still in the industry they're still making stuff they're still you know really successful so Anyway, Brynn asks in the comments uh, what I thought of the ending of Alias, and I guess this is the answer. I don't remember how it ended, so probably didn't think all that much of it. I didn't seem like it was one that stuck the landing, like it went out with, you know, uh, something that was How many seasons were there? I don't even know. I I don't remember either. Cap, Cap, did you watch the show all the way through? You know, I didn't. I, I that's one uh, on my list of things, and I love Jennifer Garner. I've just never done it. Um, I think it was five or six or seven. Okay. Yeah, gonna, it seems like it was in that range. It I'm was, gonna go look it and was see in syndication range somewhere. But um 
but I don't remember the ending, but I remember a lot like people say about Lost, which I actually have a different opinion on Lost, but six. that, that six. the the Rimbaldi stuff no, got so confusing and you know kind of folded in on itself that it was kind of hard for them, I think, to work their way out of that. Um, but Well, Hulu has through season five, so if it's the entire thing, which I would hope that they would put the entire thing on here, then I have five seasons uh, in the fifth season, 17 episodes, so... I'll keep you guys updated on it. Kind of yeah. mention Maybe how you can I'm remind me it. What, how it actually ends when you get there because I totally forget. <laughs> Unless I get lost along the way. <laughs> yeah. I, I think it's great. I think it's amazing that now we live in where technology can take us back and we can watch, you know, all these shows and these different yeah. things. And I just, in our own in our own time. Yeah. Makes it nice. Wow. Well, We've is done it a, done? Yeah. Are we to the end of our hour? These hours always go by so fast. Well, here's the good news. We've got a lot of extra content coming your way. So, Danae, talk a little bit about... Well, here, let me let me, let me me play the outro gonna music. music. I'm going to give you some outro okay. music. So, there you go. See? There's yeah. music in the background. Thanks to our supporters of Patreon. This show exists because people, our fans of the show, are supporting us at a website called Patreon. Uh, we post extras. In fact, today we've got a huge extra we're going to be posting. So even if you're just giving a dollar a month, you have access to every single thing we do and more that will never be released to the public. That's right. So all of our supporters at Patreon will get to hear that uh, interview we did with the band Carrollton today, which was so much fun. Uh, and again, like I said, we'll, we'll play a portion of that probably on next Tuesday's show. Yeah, I'd so love you can to hear some of it on, on Shoe the Dough proper as well. But we'll have it all up there in the in the extras. So this is an episode of Sif Pop, which is our pop culture segment. We are going to be recording our spoilers episode, and that will appear in the Sif Pop podcast feed. So if mm-hmm. you are subscribing to Sif Pop on iTunes or Stitcher you will see our spoiler review here in just a little, I think tomorrow afternoon is when we release that. Yeah. And thanks for, thanks for being with us and captain. Good to have you along again, man. Yeah, man. It was fun. Absolutely. And maybe, maybe sometime soon we'll, we'll have you come by and actually review a good movie. To all those oh, in the chat goodness. room. Thank that you guys. Be, that would be so much fun. Well, <laughs> you know, you know, I think FF could be good. Yeah. Yeah. That's probably the next one we'll do. That's a couple weeks from now, huh? Fantastic Four. So maybe that oh, would be the one. Yeah. That could be the one. That could be fun. Yeah. Thanks. Uh, we didn't even shout out to our chat. Monstrix, Humberto's there. Uh, Brenton, uh, Austin's there. Sherry's there. Uh, I saw Jennifer there for a while as and well. A handful of people that aren't necessarily logged into Mixler. So Correct. we can't see your name. But thank Correct. you guys so much for streaming our yep. show and for taking the time to tune in with us today. We will see you on Tuesday at noon for another episode of Shoe the Dough. And then, of course, every Friday at noon is an episode of Sif Pop. We'll see you guys later. Yup. And we're clear. No, we're not. We're still recording. And we're still recording. <laughs> and how do I turn it off again? When it asks you if you want to stop the recording, you hit yes, not no. Oh, let's try it again. Okay, here, stop. Okay. Did I press no? That No, you're supposed to press yes. And we're clear. No, we're still not clear. And we're still recording. <laughs> we're still live. Not just recording, we're still live. And, this is where you hit yes. And we're on the radio. Okay, this one, right? Yes. Okay, bye. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. 
With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.